This episode of No Quarter is sponsored by the Underground Retrocade. You love these games, and the way you want to play them is on the original cabinets. You want to see the side art, you want to feel the controls, and you want to hear Cindy Lauper on the stereo. That's why, once you see all those classic cabinets at the Underground Retrocade, you'll want to go there time after time. The Underground Retrocade, 121 West Main Street, West Dundee, Illinois. I'm Carrington Vanston. I'm Mike McGinnis. And this is No Quarter, the classic arcade podcast. I was stressing all the syllables there. It is, and uh, we're Did... back for, geez, show number 83. That's a lot of shows. That's a lot of shows, man. It goes quick. Please fire me. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm, if, if I can't leave, you can't leave, man. I'm here by court order, folks. <laughs> That's right. Both of us are. <laughs> uh, it, well, it's, it's become this... Um, um, grudge match of the wills where neither of us will quit first so we just keep picking more and more obscure games to try <laughs> to drive each other away <laughs> like we did this week i don't think this week's was... isn't it this is not obscure i don't think it was that obscure no we had people guess it people gave yeah. us feedback right away saying oh you've picked one of my favorite games what is wrong with those people yeah and okay we'll get to you guys here in just a minute but um yeah this was the third in a a, in a, a Series of games, of fairly popular games. I know people have heard of it and played it, so they done have heard of it. Yes, uh, not as obscure as some titles that we played. So, uh, but let's let's do some feedback. We got some feedback. We got very little feedback. We only got a couple of email things and some Twitter. Not too much. One I wanted to point out, which was quite interesting, was uh, Sean Courtney gave us a follow up to uh, before we were discussing. I think it was in last week the joke Stevie Wonder ad. Um, and he sent a pretty funny email where he basically broke down CSI style the way you would know it's fake. Now, of course, there's the whole <laughs> Stevie Wonder is saying that he plays these arcade games, probably fake on its own. But it's really interesting how he was able to look at the minutia of like the copyright date. And if it's that date, then they wouldn't be calling the Atari VCS this, they'd be calling it that. And then like all these little little tiny details like that. And and I thought hmm. that was really, really interesting. It's yeah. amazing the depth, like in anything on the net, what people will know. It's crazy. But what I wanted to really bring up was he in a second email mentioned something I found really fascinating and was a point I was trying to figure out how I could bring up in in at least one podcast, and he opens the door. So it's <laughs> fantastic. So he said it might be interesting to think about what video games can be played blindly. The only thing I could think of was the Activision Decathlon on home consoles that had it, um, which I think was only the Atari 2600 and 5200, he says, provided you're playing the running-only variations. But can you guys think of anything else? And I gave it a lot of thought, and I've come up with nothing, (laughs) because the reality is the visual component is too big on these. But it does bring up a current bit of news that I thought was really interesting, that's game-related, that I had wanted to bring up, and it's this kickstarter for an upcoming game called blind side it was funded which is fantastic the kickstarter is is now over and it got its funding and it's an adventure game you know like the old zork type adventure games yeah which are all text but it's going to be done all audio 
So there's voices that sort of describe what's going on and then you can do your actions and they'll say, okay, here's what you see. And then as you walk to the next room, you hear the footsteps, you open the door, it describes the room. And so the whole game is like an old fashioned text adventure game, but done strictly through audio. And there's samples online, sounded really fascinating. I'm a massive fan of adventure gaming anyway. That's a whole other sort of thing versus arcade games. So we don't really talk about it much on this podcast. But I loved the idea that people thought, well, wait, why don't we do an arcade for blind people? What could we do? And this was the first thought. They've actually now developed it. It's got funded from Kickstarter. And I'm quite excited about it. It's a really neat idea. So we'll link to the Kickstarter in, uh, in the show notes, even though it's not really an arcade game. I was going to say, I, I think with that, um, if we, I don't, I don't, I don't know if we have any blind listeners out there, but uh, if we do, they would probably be the ones who could answer best, you know, which games they can play and which which they can't. Uh, it's been a while since I've I've seen seen uh, Jason Scott's Get Lamp documentary, but I know that he interviewed at least one blind adventure game player, and um, so so games where where the text can be read to you and you can respond. And and you're not relying, I guess, on Twitch reflexes or timing as much. Those would obviously be um, better, I would think, for for that sort of scenario. But and and if you're in the arcade, you know that's those games are are the ones. The, the, the Twitch games are the ones that they're going to have there, not the you know Zork where you you're going to sit there and play for hours and hours. So exactly, yes. But I like the idea. I've always been a big fan of you know alternate ways to control things, accessibility stuff. Like I don't have any accessibility needs myself. And so um, I'm still, we can, we can fix that for you. <laughs> if you want. I'm just, I'm still really interested in it. And I want like gaming is an important thing to me. And I think it's an important thing in general. And it's important to society in the way humor is. And I think societies without humor and without gaming become dangerous, crazy societies. So we need to have games, we need to have fun, or we turn on each other. And so I think gaming is actually an important thing. And the more we can make gaming in general accessible in general, I think that's all positive. So I get really excited about this kind of thing. Um, so I had been looking for a way to promote it. Um, unfortunately, I'm now promoting it after the Kickstarter is finished, but I'm really happy that the Kickstarter was successful. So I'm really pleased about it, really looking forward to it. And if anybody's interested in this, the whole you know adventure games, I, I, like, I, I was a big fan of old-time radio. So I've sort of listened to audio adventure games that were not interactive my whole life. And so this will just be a version where I get to interact with the script. So I'm excited about the whole thing. I thought it was neat. And I was glad of, of Sean's feedback that gave me a chance to talk about it. One of the great things about, I know we, we've sworn off Kickstarter and, <clears throat> and uh, crowd- pulling me back though. <laughs> Sorry, oh. I mean, crowdfunding and uh, programs and things like that. But one of the, the neat things about it is that just because the, the project gets funded and you didn't get to participate doesn't mean that you don't eventually get to buy whatever it is that they're trying to fund. And generally you get it just as fast as people who do fund it. That's right. You may not, you may not get the t-shirt or, or the, the autographed copy or whatever, but you know, I, I, I can't think of any where, you know, you only got something if you got in on the, on the funding. Right. There was a really cool in this Kickstarter might as well bring up the last thing and just talk about everything. There <laughs> right. was a, I didn't pledge this. There was a $250 pledge level. And if you did that, then the people recording the game would record your name into a version of the game. So when you played it, it would be your name or the name of your choosing. So you got to actually name the character and that would be the name of the character in audio in the voices of, of the people doing it. And I thought that was a pretty cool uh, funding level. 
So is that like a win a walk on roll? And, and <laughs> exactly, it's it's a speak on roll, a yeah. sitcom or something where you're you're in the you're in the background in 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 the in the coffee shop while Ross and Rachel are arguing in the foreground. I was in the background of the coffee shop while they were arguing. <laughs> I said, "Keep it down." Yeah, is your living room. Sitcom people. Um, let's see. What else do we have here? I have. Oh, last week you had mentioned that nothing good could come out of Sheffield. <laughs> I, yes, I do believe last week I was completely dismissive of an entire city. I'm like that sometimes. And, uh, I well, they had this they had this wonderful spoon museum, right? Um, and I haven't been there, so I couldn't argue with you. But Ryan Wicks, uh, Ryan Vicks, now I think he's one of the Atari age guys. I can't remember. I can never remember whether he's RJ or S1500. But he says one good thing from Sheffield was Def Leppard. So there, Carrington, take that. But does anybody in Def Leppard play the spoons? Yes, then all my worlds would collapse. <laughs> then it would, truly would be over for you, yes. Yes. Um, and I guess I, it's been kind of a quiet week, and, and maybe that's just because it's finally starting to get nice outside and people are... Because you know why? Because we're playing all this oh-so-popular games that everyone has so much to say about. Well, I was going to say, <laughs> who are we kidding here? It's it's Our, our audience doesn't go outside. We're basement-dwelling nerds who... Pale like us is the phrase I like to use. <laughs> That's right. That's the new documentary, Pale Like Us. Yes. Now, the, um, yeah, it's been kind of a quiet week, but uh, there, there is one last uh, bit of feedback here, which I think will take us nicely into this week's game, and that's that our uh, our friends over at, um, at the Ten Pence Arcade um, podcast over in England, which, by the way, guys, okay, they've been, they've been kind of honest about getting... Um, battling with them online with some yeah. sort of fancy newfangled online battling software called the online battler.com. <laughs> no, no, it's called Mame hub. And that's a much it, better name than I made up. It is. And, and I finally got that up and working on, on my um, windows setup. And then I got rid of windows and switched to Mac. And for the life of me, I cannot get the software running. So, so you have ruined it for everybody. I have. Yes. I've, I've, I've pooped all over your pie. Mm. Um, is there a Mame hub? What is Mame hub? Especially how much effort I've put into making this whole over the over the sea battle that we will eventually do. Well, I think it's it's um, um, just it's uh, easy for me to say it's it's multiplayer mame. You know, you you I, I don't know how I don't remember how sophisticated the the interface is, but you know, you can play these mame games against your friends. Well, that sounds pretty awesome. Yeah, we I, okay. This is all ringing the bell now. They did challenge us to a game. I think we said they should set it up and then we'll play. So, uh, we <laughs> well, they did, and they said we, we're ready. Website, a link to Main Hub, <laughs> Mame Hub. Why not? To according to that, it does support Linux, Mac OS, Windows XP, Windows Seven, Windows Eight, and uh, that's it. Say so they're looking so for developers that? for Android. That's the thing that they wrote. Till they support the Apple II. I'm not that interested. <laughs> That's right. We're only going to do this if it works on Apple II. Um, but they they tweeted that because um, they figured out they were one of the people who guessed this week's game, and they said uh, you stole one of my favorite games for next week. I'm so sorry, guys. This is a terrible game. Uh, he says if any of you guys need coaching, I can get over five million on it, and I know secrets. Uh, we don't need coaching on this game. Five million. Yes. Well, I'll tell you one thing right now. That's bigger than the score I got. <laughs> <laughs> holy cow mine too um and yeah I, I was reading online that there are some some secrets we should we i guess we should say the name of the game here we're talking about uh taito's uh vol feed vol i'm gonna go with vol feed too although all week long in my mind i was calling it volified i kept throwing another vowel in there another i i'm gonna go with 
kicks ultimate or, or ultimate kicks or, because this is really just a, I don't know if it's really a sequel because usually a sequel is, is a, a further iteration in, in gameplay that sort of either improves or moves away from the original. And this is just a, a, a paint job on, on kicks right. and not a very good one. So, uh, but this is the, the third, I guess, official kicks title after super kicks or kicks two or I don't know. I, I should probably do a little research before I open my mouth about that stuff. Yep. It is indeed the third kicks, uh, technically, although not in name, um, I have no idea why they called it Volfide, though they have given a plot behind this game. So as I said, <laughs> the beginning. So, so best part of the game. Oh yeah. So you you pilot this tiny little ship called the Montrose, and you are flying back home to your planet, which is the planet Volfide. And because um, you've, you've been away on a trip or something, I don't know. They don't really explain where you've gone. Oh, come on. You've you got to read it like, oh, they, like they wrote it. You find out that your planet has been invaded. Oh, no. And they basically destroyed the surface of your planet. But luckily, there has been an SOS call from your people who have now gone underground. So you have now you have to take on the mission to deal with these invaders and save the game and be a hero and, and basically... Um, play a version of Kicks. <laughs> the plot has, well, they introduce this plot. It has nothing to do with the actual gameplay. It's totally ridiculous. Yes, that that was. A, I think that was a good opening description, Carrington. But really, nothing quite does it justice as a reading of the actual English text that shows up. Um, and so the story is: it was a long trip. The spaceship Monotros returned to his planet Volfide. But Volfide had already changed into ruins from the invasion of aliens. At the time, he caught SOS from underground. He decided to rescue the people from the aliens. And that's it. Excellent. You know, that makes me excited to play this game. When you have a plot that detailed, that, that well-crafted. I had, to, I had to play this game a few times to, to see what was being said. One of the annoying things is that when you start the game and, and you have it, it scrolls through a number of screens each one is like a sentence i guess describing the story to you but they flip by so quickly and the english is so poor that i it took me a while to figure out what was actually being said and like you said it doesn't really matter because it it doesn't have anything to do with the game it's just it's just kicks and if you if you actually make it to the end of the game you get through all the screens i think there are 16 of them <laughs> i i wouldn't know <laughs> the ending text says the aliens were exterminated and the spaceship monotros discovered the one survivor they lost all things but they made up their mind to make a fresh start of life as the new Adam and Eve of this planet. One person survives. Worst rescue ever. Buffy came out in uh, 1989, and it looks like it. There are certain games you can you can look at. Actually, a lot of games you can look at, and you can tell exactly when the game came out. You know, based on the type of graphics and and the sound that you're hearing. And this is very, 
I don't, for, for, for whatever reason that's stuck in my head and I don't know why, but it's stuck in my head. These are very Atari ST type graphics. Um, very much so. Or I was thinking, um, like a Sega Genesis game. Yeah. Really yeah. to me felt and looked like I was playing a Sega Genesis game. Yeah. So if you've played kicks though, you, you've played this game where you basically have a, in the original kicks, it was a, a spark. And in, in this game, it's a spaceship, but, uh, you start out on the, uh, the outer border of a rectangle. You move around this rectangle, you press your fire button and that allows you to move off of the, the border and into the space in the middle and you section off areas and the larger the section, the more points you get. And the idea is that you need a section off, like I think, you know, a certain percentage to move on. And and it's timed so that once you get past the, say it's 80%, if you, the, the closer you get to 100%, the more bonus points you get. And while this is going on in the original, there was this, this um, like sort of bouncing bar that would kind of move around randomly in, in the screen. And if it touched you or if it touched the line that you left behind you, as you were sectioning off the space, you died, you lost a man. Um, and, and this one, you've got a, a large, um, boss, I guess, if you want to uh, call it that, that moves around. Sometimes it's a centipede. Sometimes it's a fist. I think there's a head, there's a bunch of stuff. Uh, and then there's two or three smaller, um, enemies that also move around mm. and if you if they touch you you die and and the the boss shoots at you and if he if his bolts hit you then you die and uh, but if you trap one of these um if you trap one of the enemies in the space that you make you get extra points uh, you get bonus points um and that really kind of adds up and that's that's really kind of what you want to do if you're looking for high scores yeah and um, then there's also the squares on screen that can contain power-ups. So when you grab the area around those and you sort of claimed back the territory that had one of those little squares in, it can sometimes unlock a power-up and you can get like a speed-up or um, one will often come up where it freezes all the enemies, which is nice thing you can sort of whip around and grab territory. And if it was, well, you'll get, you'll get shooting ability. You'll get like a laser or whatever. And then you can actually sit there on the edge of your line and fire at the enemy. So that, that those are a lot of differences from kicks. In general, I would say... Everything that's different between this and Kicks is worse. Every <laughs> change they made was for the worse. It's like somebody who really liked Kicks but had no taste decided to remake Kicks. <laughs> wow. I got to say, I think this is a horrible implementation. I think the graphics are hideous. I think the gameplay is actually quite good, but it's the Kicks gameplay. I already had this game. We reviewed it in like episode 16 or 17. I don't need another version of it. I don't think it adds anything worthwhile. I just, this was a completely negative experience for me. I thought I'd get that off my chest to start with. So everyone knows where I'm coming from. This is one but ugly game, I think. So in other words, you're, you're going to leave us guessing till the end to, to tell Top us five how you really feel baby. about it. <laughs> Uh, five, five. You're going you're gonna to have to talk me into it. It's going to be one of those shows where you're going to try to change my mind. I, I'm not, actually. I didn't like it much either. I didn't hate it as much as you did uh, because the basic gameplay still is is kicks, you know? Um, and I get why, you know, this was the third or fourth iteration of kicks. So in 19... Uh, I think it's third, right? Because there's kicks, maybe. super kicks or something, and then... Hang on, let me see. There's the... Kicks are for kids. <laughs> yeah. Pumped up kicks. Uh, let's see. So yeah. Um, so yeah, there was the kicks two tournament, which was like a, a slight revision of the original kicks that came out in 82 super kicks came out in 1987. And that was, 
I guess, an official sequel. Then there was Twin Kicks. Oh, I don't know that one. Well, that was a that was one that, that made made it to prototype in, in 1995, but it was never actually released. Huh. We probably talked about it in the Kicks episode. <laughs> I should have gone back and listened to that episode. Yeah. So so the the this game is I, I guess the third official game, and, and uh, it's called Volfied or Volfi. We again we don't know why, uh, but it, it was also referred to a lot as Ultimate Kicks. Um, and ultimate must have been in air quotes because whatever. I was going to say there, there's nothing ultimate about this game. Uh, it's all about the gameplay, and if you if you really want good kicks gameplay, go play kicks. And honestly, I find the original kicks with its really basic, you know, the geometry, your little dot, and you're drawing rectangles of various shapes, and you're grabbing territory. And the enemies, one of the great enemies, where it's just those lines that sort of slide around and it's, it's unique and it's wonderful and it's, and you totally understand what it is. And that's a really interesting visual element that they can do on relatively you know low end hardware. And it's beautiful. And here they have just poured stuff on the screen, like the graphics. So they have this really, you know, a full detailed graphic background. And when you grab territory and I guess it's a neat idea, you're, re- you're revealing a picture gal's panic style like you're you're grabbing territory and you reveal the picture below it and the picture below it that you're revealing is the next level so you sort of reveal a level then you peel away and you reveal the next level so it's that's neat in 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 theory the problem is the levels are very busy and you'll have one very busy level and then you're sort of scratching away you're doing like a scratch and sniff sort of thing or like a scratch of lottery ticket so you're scratching away this one level to reveal the even more gaudy level below and it's got that really <laughs> That distinct look from, like you were saying, 8990, where everything was heavily influenced by the Sega Genesis look. Everything was heavily influenced by, like, the aliens feel. So everything's got to be, oh, if it's going to be slightly futuristic, it'll be a million pipes everywhere. Like, like, like <laughs> everything's an industrial thing. And just, I, I, it was probably less cliche at the time. But I look at it now and I'm like, I can barely look at this game. It's so ugly compared to the, like, the simplicity and the beauty of a game like Kicks that is just classic. And this is just gaudy. Yeah, I do get what they were going for with, like you said, revealing the next level. And um, and it's, you know, 1989, you can't, you, 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 if you're wanting to make a sequel, you, you can't make it look like a 1982 game. Uh, but at the same time, it's just everything about the, the new graphics um, and the weird sound effects that go with it uh, was just a distraction. You know, it, it, it kind of got in the way of me enjoying the actual gameplay. It's not that mm. probably I, at the time I wouldn't have thought this. And the problem is, though, but I'm here on the show now <laughs> in 2014 being the champion of 1982 games. Like I have, <laughs> I have enough distance from this time that I know what I like and what I don't like. And the early classics have a simple beauty to them. And by the end of that decade and going into the 90s, we enter the realm of video games that I feel haven't weathered as well. And they don't stand up to the years. And it's like we take the gas classic gameplay and we throw a can of paint on it and that's sort of what they've done here now maybe if if i were a few years younger and i had my arcade experience was more from the late 80s and into the 90s with the fighters fighting games i'd probably more i could see myself being nostalgic for this game and then looking back at the original seeing that as sort of a a a rough prototype of something better to come but because because that's not me um this just doesn't do anything. It's it's feels unnecessary and um and I just I don't understand why they did this. 
Now, I'm old enough that I feel everything after the Penny Arcade has been a you know downturn. Oh, of course you are. <laughs> bang, the secret is to bang decrepit. rocks together, guys. <laughs> That's um, right. Now, I do think we are definitely in the minority position here. When oh, yeah. you look online, this is highly reviewed. People seem to love it. It seems to be like many people's favorite iteration of the, the Kick series. So it's a very popular game that found a real audience, both in the arcade and on a lot of home ports. So everybody else seems to really dig on this game. So we might get a lot of feedback telling us, like, what game did you play? (laughs) Um, I honestly, because of that, because this is a game that is fairly well beloved, I honestly figured I would be in the minority here. I'd be coming with my full hate on and it would be one of those ones where you really like it. And I'm like, I just don't understand. So it's kind of funny that both of us are really digging on this game. Yeah, I'm seeing a lot of people who really love this game. And there's a, there were a ton of ports. You know, it came out on a bunch of different platforms. Gotta be Sega Genesis. Gotta be Sega Genesis. Um, let's see. The arcade feels like a port of a Sega Genesis game. Yeah, it's, uh, so the, yeah, in, in fact, it says the, uh, a, a Sega Genesis Conversion was developed and published by Taito in 1991. That's the one that was released here in North America's Ultimate Kicks. There was a there was an MS DOS version by uh, Empire Interactive in 1991. Probably EGA graphics, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, a, a PlayStation version in 2001, and that was and uh, that was called Neo Kicks, um, and it showed up on the Taito Legends. Um, mm which was released in 2005 for PlayStation 2, Xbox, and PC. I actually and, played um, in emulation. I played the PlayStation 2 version of, of this on Taito Legends this week because I was having some a little bit of difficulty playing this in MAME in that my MAME was stretching out the the graphics a little bit, as it does because it's scaling it up for my monitor. Mm-hmm. So I was playing it just on, a, on not on a proper arcade monitor, but just on a, on a big LCD. And this is the kind of game where... Getting that like pixel perfect accuracy kind matters a bit because you're doing these little tiny movements sometimes, and by scaling it, I my lines were a little fuzzy and sometimes things wouldn't quite line up the way I thought they would, and it was causing me to die quite a bit. So I thought, oh, well, you know what? Maybe I'm not enjoying the gameplay because of that. Like this is something that that needs to be played on an original monitor, and I didn't have access to one. So I said, well, next best thing, let me try a different version, one of the official ports. So I tried the Title Legends one, again through emulation, through so PlayStation 2 emulating this, <laughs> um, and the same problem. So I think the reality is maybe it's suffering because of the way I was playing it, and maybe if I played it on an actual arcade cabinet, it would be a different experience. But I have a lot of reservations about that. I, I don't think big, that's true. Maybe. Yeah, I don't think that's true. Uh, it also appeared on the Commodore 64 in 1989 and on the Amiga and Atari home computers uh, in 1991. So it was well, everywhere. Such big fans of the Commodore 64. Oh, we I'm are. Sure yep. That will change your mind. Yep. And uh, of course, bu- of course, now you can buy various uh, versions and clones uh, for your, for whatever cell phone you happen to have in your pocket. So, so basically now, um, upset people from Sheffield, upset the Commodore 64 people. <laughs> basically, I'm not going to be the most popular guy in the internet. <laughs> Sheffield users, of the Commodore 64 are going to be particularly upset. Yes, they're going to be very angry with you. <laughs> Playing with their spoons. Uh, um, there wasn't a lot um, in the way of, of music. You know, I think you had a, there's a, the title screen had some music and there was kind of a little tune that played as you. The sound effects entered. is, it's basically it hums. Yeah. You, <laughs> you gave you, it so, mm, 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 mm. <laughs> like, yeah. like, you not know the words. <laughs> you get a little tune that plays as you go into each stage. And then, yeah, there's some sound effects of the, 
of like, you know your ship exploding and things now, like that. But that's you know? the um, po- one positive thing though. I do like at the beginning of each level, your ship kind of comes on screen and does this sort of weird dive thing, kind of, or gets smaller and it goes to the bottom of the screen to sort of set up the level. I like that. Like, to, I, I know I'm kind of stretching here to find things I like, but I, that m- that moment at the beginning, I really like that implementation. I do like the beginning of that. Um, I, I just think the actual playing of the level isn't as fun, <laughs> but I do like that setup. I, and 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 it's too bad I think about the particular graphics that are used for the backgrounds because the idea of peeling away to reveal the next level is a really good idea. I just don't like these particular graphics, so I don't like the implementation in this case. But I, I but I applaud the notion. Like it could have been something I really like. I think. Yeah, and it may be that it may be that that you were simply spoiled by the. By the previous or by by the original version, that's what you grew up on, and this is something that tried to change mm-hmm. that. I'm very narrow minded that way. I embrace it. Oh, of course, yes, but it didn't it didn't change it and uh, it didn't make it a different enough experience uh, to to be something that could be a positive thing that that stands alone as a compliment to the original rather than just what this feels like is a paint job and not a very good one on the original. I do like the fact that. Um, you know, it, it revealed kind of the next level. That was a, I thought that was a neat thing. I, I like the, the variation. It's not the, you're not playing the same screen over and over when you finish mm-hmm. a level. Each one is slightly different. They did try to throw some stuff in there to. And I like the, the to, idea of the power-ups as well. And that was something that I enjoyed in the game, like getting the fast moving or getting the freeze. So the power-ups I thought were good. Like that's something I also am quite positive on. That's a good change to, to kicks where we're going int- to introduce the idea of, more enemies on screen and will compensate by giving you um, power-ups that you can grab strategically because you'll know where they're positioned ahead of time. I think that's a good thing too. So you know, yeah. there are some, and, and the logo is awesome because it looks <laughs> like vampire teeth. Like it's a fantastic logo. So good logo, good power-ups, good idea behind the graphic reveal, but terrible actual graphics. <laughs> and everything the, else is just a kicks ripoff. The, the the initial screen, um, you know that when you in, in track mode is great, like you said, it's got that that neat logo. I, I thought that the power ups, I, I I also like that mechanic. It, it reminded me sort of like, you know, the difference between Arkanoid and Breakout. You know, with with, with Breakout, you're just knocking the the bricks out with the ball, and in Arkanoid, you can get the uh, different power ups that fall down as you shoot the bricks. Uh, or as you as you hit the bricks, and you can get lasers, and and you can lengthen your platform and things like that. Um, again, this is just so many so many things that could have come together better and just didn't for me. Mm. Um, Volfeed features a Motorola sixty eight thousand for its main CPU. It has it also has a Z eighty. I'm sorry, a Z eighty oh, as a I secondary as a, as a secondary chip, and it uses a single YM twenty two hundred three to generate the sound, which makes sense because there's not a lot of sound going on there other than that hum. Uh, it's a two player alternating. It has an eight way joystick with a single fire button. Carrington, mm-hmm. how was the the cabinet? Was it any better than the game? Dull, and I <laughs> not even sure I've seen an original one. Um, from what I can tell, it's a fairly generic Taito cabinet, which is kind of weird coming coming that late is in just a basically black plain cabinet with a very plain control panel and a very good looking. Um, uh, marquee graphic though like above because again it's got that great vampire fang kind of volfi um logo so great logo but there's a 
the vast, vast majority of these cabinets out there are simply conversion kits because it's a JAMA game. Oh, JAMA. It's another game that makes me think, yeah, pretty much JAMA was the time that arcades became crappy. And so <laughs> um, it's just, you know, you grab the board, you throw it in a generic JAMA cab, and that's most of them out there. So I was looking for sale prices. I'm like, what would it cost to get one of these? If you are like most people and really like this game, unlike Mike and I, most people seem to want one. But every one that I could find that had been sold in the last whole bunch of years were all simply generic JAMA cabs with a Volfeed um, game in it, or usually... Volveed will be one of the multiple PCBs just coming along in a bag beside a generic JAMA cab that's going for like 300 bucks. So the reality is it's in that that period of games where you spend $300, you get a generic cabinet that looks like anybody other cabinet and a, a stack of PCBs, one of which will be Volveed that you can put in and play for a while. Um, and so I don't know what a like a legitimate old school original untouched cab would actually go for because I couldn't find one. We've talked a lot about games from the the early eighties and late seventies, of course, and and the the unique cabs and and the effort that they that manufacturers went into not only to to make a great game but to make a cabinet because you the, the competition was stiff in in the arcade to to attract people to, to drop quarters into into your game because. You know, arcades were huge and floor space was limited and there were a lot of people in and out of there and, and you really had to make your game stand out if you if you wanted to be successful. And then after the crash and sort of we get into that late 80s period where um, where arcades were closing and manufacturers were moving on to, to other other things um, as before the kind of the, the 90s re, the reinvigoration of arcades with the fighter games. Um, and so I think it seems like anyway, a lot of those late eighties, very early nineties games that weren't fighters were just kind of, well, we'll just take cabs that we have sitting around in the back and, uh, rather than redesign the cabinet, we'll just put games in what we have because we're saving money. And I, I don't know what the, the logic there was, but the game, the, the cabinets that I see from games in the late eighties are just not very innovative or interesting at all. You know, you might get a, an interesting piece of side art here and there, but for the most part, there's just kind of a box to stick your game in. Mm -hmm. I found that by that time, the only ones and going into the early nineties that were really trying to make the cabinet jump out in artwork were the fighting games yep. where they'd have increasingly cool looking characters and the side art and, really try to attract you because there were so many of them. It was like, just like there was a storm and, and fighting games just washed up on shore <laughs> there and it was hard to differentiate. So for that reason, I think they started really making really eye catching graphics, but increasingly like they were more and more stamped out cookie cutter style. Like, here, <laughs> Oh yeah, this is what a cabinet is. It is easy to get access to this game though. Like if you do want to play it and you don't want to take the main route, it's one of the games that always appears in every licensed collection. Like if you go and buy one of those, you like um, uh, X arcade has a new arcade two TV thing with 250 games. They're really pushing. It's kind of like a 251 kit. That is their new licensed thing. Mm. And the 60 in one cabs, I think often have this, but every one of those, you know, X in one boards, they've always got volified. Every time you buy anything that has title games on it in the package, if it's an officially licensed one, it always has this. Like it's going to have Space Invaders and it's going to have this. So it is actually very easy to get legitimate legal access to this game. I just don't think you're going to want to play it anyway. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah. you can do it if you want to. 
Yeah. So, so what we, yeah. So there were the, the fighter cabinets, you know, that, that they really put a lot of effort into just, you know, like you said, they were everywhere and they were basically all clones of each other, the actual game. So you wanted your cabinet to really stand out. And then there were the, uh, what I call the three player games, you know, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and, and the Simpsons and Dungeons and Dragons, where it's the, the, the monitor that's kind of leaned back at a, a, a sharp angle and you've got the, the wider, control panel with the one joystick in the middle and two kind of off-centered like gauntlets and then and then you've got these and and usually if you're going to put a game in in one of these cabinets you want it to be better than than ball feed turned out to be unfortunately mm-hmm. um i think so too interesting interesting little piece of trivia here i guess um then we haven't talked really about this i don't know how this was in in Canada, Carrington. Um, it was the, awesome in Canada. Well, things, are, things are always awesome in Canada. But <laughs> yes, we, they are. Look at our mayor. Oh, It's like this big mayor. <laughs> That's just Toronto. <laughs> well, isn't Toronto Canada? Center of the universe, <laughs> baby. Right. Big T-dot. Um, this is a big question mark up, up above Minnesota for us. We don't really know what's up there. Um, if people get to Minnesota and go, if the winter is like that here, I'm not going right. anymore north. I'm not There's right. only <laughs> bears and crazy people. That's right. Uh, but here in the United States, especially in the in the late 80s, early 90s, this is based on Nancy Reagan's "Just Say No, Don't Do Drugs." I saw campaign. that as well. I got the winners. Don't do drugs. Screen. That's right. Yes. Almost every arcade game that came out in that period had. As part of the attract mode and just randomly in the middle of stuff, you would get this winners don't do drugs screen. And it was, you know, had the big FBI seal and there were, there were variations of it. And, um, <laughs> totally. um, which I just thought was ridiculous. I and, had and, forgotten <laughs> about it until it came in the ROM I was playing as well. It came up with that big seal, you yep. know, from the United States <laughs> winners don't do drugs. I was like, Oh yep. my goodness. That always made me laugh when I, when I saw that, but this, I guess was one of the early examples of, of a game that, that came with the winners don't use drugs. Um, let's see. I, so we've talked about the music. We've, well, such as there was, we the talked humming. about kind of the hymn, the graphics weren't great. We didn't like the cabinet. Um, there were a couple of things, I guess, that we did find positive about it. Um, but for the most part, just not a very good game. Not one. Yeah. I'm never, I'm never going to play this again. I'm with you on mm-hmm. that, which is kind of interesting because like I said, according to the internet, other people like this game. So I don't want to necessarily tell our listeners that, hey, if you like kicks, you shouldn't play this game because the reality is everyone else seems to dig it. But I guess I'm on the same page as you, Mike. I just did not see the appeal. I don't understand why anybody would play this over kicks. I'm giving it a thumbs down, and I don't think I'll play it again. Yeah, we're we're definitely uh, – I'm sure we're going to get some uh, email on this, and I'll just forward it all to you. I will say <laughs> that uh, – just, just to save my own butt here, I'll say that I didn't hate it as much as you did, but I didn't care for it. And yeah. um, I will – this will be one that – you know, if if we're still doing this in another eighteen months, I won't remember that we we've talked about. No, I think I'll probably be the same way. How'd you do on score, Carrington? Well, I got two scores to talk about. I got my high score, which mm-hmm. is remarkably high, um, only because hey, it's one winners of those don't games, use drugs. It's one of those games that just wants to throw points at you, and I was really struck by it because recently on a couple of episodes, uh, we've talked about how 
early games would work. You shoot a bad guy, get a point. Look at my high score. It's a thousand. Like you get these small right. scores. And now we're in a game from 89. So of course it's just trying to say like points, 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 points. <laughs> and the funny thing was, so I was keeping track and whenever I'd get a new high score, I take a screenshot because in case I want to talk smack on Twitter, oh, sure. it's nice to have a screenshot. So I'm taking the screenshots. And so I, but I ended up keeping two screenshots this time. One that was just from the end of level one. So it's from the very beginning. Let me pull up my little screenshot here. So it's it's basically the very start of level two. Tells me on the bottom, shield 900, round two, 0.0%, because I'm just about to begin level two. And at this point, having played one level, my score is 208,550. And the reason is I got some, so I, I, and I've been playing for like 10 seconds. The first thing I did on level one is I grabbed like one of those power-up things. It gave me some sort of gun. I shot once. It killed everything on screen with one shot. Gave me 100,000 bonus mm-hmm. points and moved me to level two. I was like, really? Okay. <laughs> it's just, uh, okay. Because I had, by that point, played a few games and never even got that high. And suddenly with one lucky grab, I have 100,000 bonus. I'm sitting on the beginning of level two with 208,000 points. It's like, Okay, it's remarkable how much my scores ranged this week, but yeah. also how the the height of the score wasn't in any way a reflection of me doing actually well. It's just a game that likes to throw points at you. So the most points it decided to throw at me on a random game was 591,190. Um I don't remember what level I was on. Probably like seven or eight, I think, is as far as... Oh, I don't even think I got that far. I, you know, I don't even know how far I got. It wouldn't have been that far, but 591190 is my screenshot for best I did this week. What about you, Mike? Well, I, like you, Carrington, it was all over the place for me. Sometimes I would... I, I could generally get oh, to... Oh, it's round eight. Sorry, I'm looking at my screenshot. It says round eight. Yeah, see, I, mean, I could get okay. to, to round five or six, no problem, every time. And, and sometimes I would, I would get there with like 20,000 points. Uh, I had a similar experience to yours where the best that I did, um, and and I I don't understand this. Uh, I, I think I hit a couple of those. I hit a couple of the bonuses that just ran the score up like crazy on Mm -hmm. round two, round two, by the way, uh, (laughs) I did 1,017,270 points. See, that's what I'm talking about. Like, and that's round two. (laughs) My goodness. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't get it. Um, well, you win. And there are, yeah, who cares though, right? <laughs> say, did you hear from my voice? Right. You win. Go you. Yeah. So what? Um, so <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I sniffed around on the, on the internet and there are, it, it looks like the game actually that the counter tops out at, um, what is that? Uh, 9,999,990 points. Uh, um, so maybe mine is actually, I scrolled over. Um, possibly yeah, that's my, so. new, that's oh, my okay. new story. Okay, possibly so. Uh, it looks like there are some tricks that you could do to, you know, rack up. We had, we had a couple of people write in saying they knew tricks, but nobody actually told us what the tricks were. Well, and and I, I I was playing and I was thinking, you know, I should go find out what those tricks are just to see. What, and I just I realized that I don't I don't like this game and I don't care enough to to go find how to do that. But I'd if, be interested to know though, just for completion's sake, if we've got listeners who actually want to give us a heads up or that we can sort of spread well, some a, tricks or hints for, for playing better. I'd, I'd want to talk about it on screen. So if anybody knows, write in. There's a gameplay video on Daily Motion uh, posted by GamerGirl34 and she got a 
99.9% completion. And that's the um, key is to go for those high yeah, completions. It seems that's I would it, normally just suddenly get 80% when I was trying to hold back. I'm like, ah, I like it. So <laughs> it is about trying to get that, that higher percentage. So you get the much bigger bonuses per round. Yep. And she racked up 6.69 million points and, um, and she's got the, the, the gameplay video. So you can see exactly what she did, but nice. I guess there are some tricks out there. Again, I don't care. Um, and no, I did a lot of the same thing I was doing with kicks where I would try to build like a, like a little tower in the middle. Like there were some things I had learned mm-hmm. back when we played kicks. And yep. so I tried to bring those same things into this. Um, the difference was I'd be tempted by those, those, there'd be the thing off to the right that would be a little block. And it would have a power up. And I'm like, I know I should do the tower, but I want to know what's in that power up. So it would, it would make me go to the side and then I would die. Yeah. Um, I, I just don't care about this game. Um, yeah, it is a little disappointing because I'm a big fan of kicks. I'm a big fan of this type of game. And I think in the earlier versions of this series, the ones with actual kicks in the name, I think they're really fun games. I think they're classics for a reason and they're really enjoyable and they stand up. And here I think the game is just a little too gaudy and a little too busy. And I think the gaudiness and busyness aren't enough or are too big of a detraction. Um, and they outweigh the the benefit of adding the fun things like the the power ups um, and the idea of revealing the the the, the levels below, um, but overall it's just I found the graphics just weren't to my taste. Yeah, the, the power ups were neat. Um, the gameplay itself, like you said, because it's just kicks, uh, was was great because it's not it was not ridiculously easy. Um, it was definitely a challenge, but it wasn't so hard that you were frustrated and, and just wanted to quit because you couldn't get anywhere. Um, I just wish that it, the whole thing had come together better and because if you're not if you're just going to slap this this fresh coat of paint on the old game just play the old game you know thanks so, so too. my advice to you dear listeners is to go play the real kicks so do you have advice about next week's game i do character but we'll have to wait till next week to talk about that oh can we listen to a bit i suppose we can Woo-hoo-hoo. tell me here it is All right, so that uh, brings us to the end of another No Quarter podcast. Oh. You sound disappointed. I am. I'll okay. miss us. You well. Put me back in the box. We will be back next week. Ooh. Bye, everybody. Ah. You've been listening to No Quarter, the classic arcade podcast. Feedback can be sent by email to noquarter at monsterfeet.com, or you can find us on Facebook as No Quarter Podcast, and on Twitter, we are at No Quarter Show. You can also find us on both the Throwback Network and the Real Retro Junkies Network. All of these links, plus the show notes, are available at monsterfeet.com, and like all Monster Feet podcasts, the original material in this episode has been released to the public domain. <laughs>